That's how I like to start the show, with the words of seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. I could barely make that out. It was just him saying, let's go, over and over again. Oh, okay. You know, you know he always yells, let's go, every single time he can. That's I, I should have expected it to be something Tom Brady-related. Of course, because... <laughs> uh, he just won his seventh Super Bowl and fifth Super Bowl MVP. So yes, well, I saw a uh, a list of where Tom Brady won more Super Bowl rings than any NFL team. Yep, he has seven, and uh, the Patriots and Steelers are tied for tied for six. So yes, yes I saw that posted on. Twitter and then I retweeted it. So yeah, so that's a that's a wild stat. Uh, I have another one I'm gonna save for a little bit later, but uh, after we talk about the game, but it was a relatively stress free game for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady fans. Yes. Uh, it was. I mean, the Chiefs. They uh the Chiefs scored first, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, but, but I mean, it was just a field goal. Yeah. When you when you score when you can only manage field goals against a good offense or even a great offensive team, that's not enough. You know. Well, I think the defense actually won them the game. I mean that pass rush was on top of Mahomes the whole game. Yeah, I mean, couldn't move the ball. The defense was obviously insane. I mean, I apparently that was the first time Mahomes has been ho- held under ten points since college. So, and they forced two interceptions, had three sacks. Yeah, that, that's that, very that pass rush dominated the the Chiefs' offensive line. So they, I'm sure they they would have appreciated having the two starters back, but yeah. Uh, that's the nature of the game. So I found I found two stats about uh, Mahomes and against their pass rush. The first is comparing Mahomes to Brady. Mahomes' time to throw was one point two seconds uh, slower than Brady's was. Brady's was two point two seven, and Mahomes took three point four seven seconds per throw, and that three three point four seven would have been the longest time to throw in the league this year. Wow! So, yeah, I mean, and that's because the line was getting after him so quick that he had to keep running backwards or ro- rolling out to get away from it. You know, 
Yeah. Really didn't have a clean pocket to uh, throw from. Yes. And then uh, what I what also changed in this game was Tampa was able to establish the run with Fournette and Ronald Jones. Fournette definitely looks like a top five pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other the other Mahomes stat that I saw was that before his uh, passes and sacks last night, he ran for a total of 497 yards before either throwing the ball or getting sacked. Wow, that's a lot of running. <laughs> so he was just running in circles back there trying to avoid, like, and he was going backwards, like, 20, 30 yards at a time and then trying to heave a ball, like, to barely get it past the line of scrimmage. Yes. And, like, I mean, he did make some throws that, if they had been completed, would have been insane, particularly that one right at the corner of the end zone that the guy barely missed. Yes. If that if that had been, a, had been completed, that would have been insane. And, I mean, that would have been a momentum swing for sure, I think. But... Well, with that catch, I think since I've well, I played receiver briefly in high school in, in flag football, I think that uh, Hill was just surprised that the pass was that accurate, that he didn't actually – he wasn't ready to catch it. Yeah. So he... first, the first would-be touchdown pass. Yeah, it was it was like a diving catch in the corner of the end zone. It would have been pretty hard to haul it in, but like it was it was a great throw just to get that into that spot or it was potentially a catchable ball. Yes. And it and it could have just as easily been an interception. It was very a a very low probability throw. Yeah. Well, no, that one wouldn't have been intercepted. That was either going to be incomplete or a touchdown. And we might be talking about two different ones. I was thinking the one in the first quarter. I'm not sure which quarter it was. It was right in the right in the uh, like left corner of the end zone. Yeah, uh, the left front corner of the end zone. Yeah, uh, no, back corner. Oh, I was thinking one in the front corner into double coverage. Okay, no, we're talking about a different play then. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was one. I think this one was actually to uh, Nicole Hardman. It was like a diving catch right at the corner. Like the guy was falling like towards the back of the end zone almost. But like the fact that it was almost caught is insane. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Um. Yeah. No, I was thinking the the the. I think it was the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure which one that was, but yeah, I mean, they just made the Bucks just made plays like on defense that were that were insane for him to try to go against. And there was like it was getting towards the end of the game, like I think both of them in the fourth quarter. There were two hits he took where I was like I think they just killed him. Yes, there were some big sacks yeah. towards the end of the game. But so there, was the... That, there was that one that they took the penalty on where, like, the three guys all hit him at the exact same time, like, all three sides. Yes. There was that one, and then the one where, like, uh, 
Nadamakan Su actually like absolutely crushed him. Yes. And I, I was like, I don't know how he got up from those. <laughs> yeah, those Yeah, those were pretty brutal. Yeah. Um but well, I, and, it, and it also seemed like the the Buffs defense got some help from the refs. Or the the but the cheat the I mean the Bucks offense because there's at least two bad pass interference calls on uncatchable balls. There may be more, but I remember the first two pretty pretty well. They're they're way over Yeah, I mean I wouldn't consider them like I don't think they're as bad as most people say, but I don't think they were great calls either, like I would be mad if they went against my team, but if I was like a neutral observer, I'd be like, eh, maybe that doesn't need to be called, but I understand it because he was like grabbed there. Maybe it should just be a holding instead of a pass interference or something. Well, oh, and then then also the they they called holding on on a Tyrone Matthews interception. That was I that one I agreed with. That one I think was the right call. I I didn't think so, and I maybe I'm just biased because I I wanted the Chiefs to get the turnover, but I don't yeah. think being like excessive from the replays. No, I mean, but I think it did seem like they were calling it pretty tight, uh, and from what I heard, that was kind of this refs like. That was the standard for the referee that they had chosen for the game, Cheffers, Carl Cheffers. And particularly, apparently, against the Chiefs, he had been calling them, like, really tight all year. I don't know. I feel like if you're in the Super Bowl, you, 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 you don't call it as tight unless it's, like, very blatant. I don't know, but that that's just what people are saying. Was this like, was this refs like, uh, was standard for his the games that he's called that he calls a lot of tight penalties and some that might maybe were like a bit excessive, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I apparently had done it particularly against the Chiefs a couple times this year. They said like. I read his average penalties in, in games that he had uh, called against the Chiefs. He had called them for an average of 10 penalties per game this year. That's a lot. Yeah, so, like, I mean, maybe they, maybe the way he sees them play, he just his crew doesn't like the way they defend on some plays. I don't know. Yes. But that's what I was. That's what I was hearing. Uh, anyway, uh, for the Bucks' offense, I think they they definitely the run game helps set the tone. Once they get the run game going, it opens things up for them on offense. Yes. Oh yeah, I I briefly mentioned that earlier. Yeah, their run game was pretty pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. They. Got good contributions from both Jones and uh, and Fournette. 
Fournette had 89 yards. Jones had 61. That was pretty pretty solid from them. And then in the passing game, Fournette was pretty good as well there. Gronk looked back to his old self, kind of. I was I was shocked by that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like they were they had saved him up for when they needed him the most, you know. Yes. Um. Beyond Fournette and Gronk, they didn't get a whole lot from the rest of their superstars. Evans only had one catch. Brown had five catches, but only twenty-two yards. He did have that one, one touchdown that really kind of like when he got that, the game finally kind of felt like it was in Tampa's control. Not necessarily out of the Chiefs' reach, but the way their defense was playing, it felt like it was fairly solid. You know. Yes. Well, I when they when they I think. I didn't see them making a comeback after the second field goal. I thought if they're just going to uh, kick field goals, they'll never, they'll never win. That's- yeah, I mean, I I felt that way too. But I was still like, it is Mahomes. If they can do something about that pass rush, Mahomes can come back from that. You know, we've seen him come back from three touchdown deficits before. It's not. Not crazy they could do it again, but that pass rush was just too much for him. Yes. Uh, and the fact that the Chiefs couldn't do anything on the ground either didn't help them. Uh, you know, Kelsey had a pretty decent game, but other than that, did a pretty solid job against Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yes, no, I, it was... Yeah, that's a pretty accurate depiction of what happened. I think yeah. that it was just that that suffocating pass rush just didn't give Mahomes a chance. And and like I said before, these were, were these were definitely two pass first teams. But just the it seemed like what what really won Tampa the game was the establishing that running game and then that pass rush to yeah. stop the pass, stop stop Mahomes from passing. Anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I and mean, there was a point, it was early on in the game too, but uh, he was like zero for, zero for six straight, com- straight incompletions. Mahomes, I'm like, that's not going to get it done. Oh, yeah. No, I remember seeing stats on Twitter, and I probably um, in the box score as well, where he only had nine passing yards in the first quarter. Like that yeah. was how, uh, that's that's not great. <laughs> not good. Um, and yeah, like Brady Brady only had eight incompletions the whole day. So I mean he only had two hundred one yards, but he didn't need more than that, you yeah. know? Well and uh and what surprise or what I was pleasantly surprised and, and made made me think that Chiefs could stay in the game was that goal line stand, which ended up not being a difference maker. But I thought, okay, well if they can stop the Bucks on the goal line, maybe they can stop them on the rest of the field, and that was not the case. 
Yeah, that was tough, but the thing about that, at least, is uh, the Bucks really didn't let them get too far away from the goal line. They got the they got one decent play, but I think then they moved backwards after that, and then their punt they had they had a really good punt. Uh, the Chiefs did, but there was holding on it. It got so it came back, and then they had an absolutely terrible punt that gave the Bucks a like. The ball, like the Chiefs, thirty-five or something. Yes. Um, so when that happened, it was like, all right, Tampa Bay can still go right back and score a touchdown here, and it's not going to make a difference. And that's exactly what they did. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, that was really not uh, of all of Brady Super Bowls. Going into the game, this is probably the least confident I had felt since the game against Seattle, as far as Brady's games go. And, yes, uh, no, like I said, I think, yeah, they really, they were clicking on all cylinders yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and I, but no, and I going into home field advantage definitely helped, because when you Oh, you, uh, yeah. are staying at your own home and uh, not in hotels during Super Bowl week. Like that's so much more comfortable than dealing with all the chaos of Super Bowl week in a yeah. hotel and you're unfamiliar with it. And so, so and that's the thing. Like especially this year, where nothing's normal. The road team probably had to deal with a lot more protocols than the home team did, you know? (laughs) Like, the home team can go home, they can eat at their own house. The road team probably had to order room service all week. Yes, and yes, if you're you're staying cooped up in your your hotel room. Little things like that probably make a huge difference. Practicing at your own field. Yeah, I mean the one, the one difference I saw that they since it was a neutral site game, they were not firing the cannons on touchdowns, but like they still, it's not like they'll remove the pirate ship from the end zone. Like it's right, it's still their stadium. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm I think the fans definitely sounded like the stadium was probably like at least seventy percent Tampa Bay fans. Yes, and well, and and who knows? They may have been assigned their own locker room to, or their home locker room. So that's just another, yeah, another yeah. advantage of of a non-neutral site game. Yeah, I do believe the Bucks were were the home were named the home team, even though they were in their road uniforms. Yes, because I remember the Chiefs calling the opening uh, the opening toss. Yes. Uh, so yeah, but it was, it was a surprising outcome, but, uh, for it to be that big of a blowout, cause really 31 to nine, it could have been a lot worse than that too. Yes. If they, if they had scored that touchdown right before, uh, right at that goal line stand, things like that. Yeah. You know, um, 
So yeah, that's uh, well, most of the thoughts for the game. We'll get to the uh, we're gonna do some winners and losers from the game at the end of the show. Well, also, uh, I was thinking if I was Tom Brady, I would pro- I would be tempted just to hang it up now. I mean, you you win the Super Bowl at home in pretty convincing fashion. So I mean, who knows what the Bucks. How good the Bucks will be next year? They'll probably still be good, but like, yeah. I, I would be tempted to go up, go out on top instead of trying to push my luck two or three more seasons and play till I'm forty five or forty six. He already says he's coming back. He said he's he would consider playing past forty five already. So who no, knows? I know he said that, but like I said, like yeah. I don't know. It's just, but like as far as the Bucks go. I know Godwin is a free agent. Uh, I'm assuming. I'm assuming Antonio Brown and Fournette are probably too, because I think they were both on one-year deals after they were like released or whatever. And, well, I heard, and this was just a headline. I can't remember um, if it was on ESPN or CBS Sports or Bleacher Report or what, but I read the headline that said that. Godwin would consider taking less money, or maybe it was Mike Evans would consider taking less money to stay on the Bucks. Yeah. Well. All right. So yeah, it depends on if guys are willing to take less, because we all know there's going to be salary cap issues for different teams. I don't know what the Bucks situation is exactly, um, but. And Antonio Brown, I think his only chance of right now of rebuilding his reputation is going to be to stick by Brady. Yes. Because like, he's been the only guy that's like shown he's willing to really work with him. So. And uh, as far as Gronk goes, I don't really know if he's going to play another year or not. It seems like he wasn't sure about this year until Brady really uh, talked him into it, it kind of seemed like. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to be back for another season, but we'll find out. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, no, but still, if they lose one or two, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of depth on that team. Whoever those yeah, no, players no, are. They, they, I mean, especially and, like... Um, yeah, like you said, AB probably can't go anywhere, but if if Fournette leaves, like that wouldn't really be the end of the world. I think Ronald Jones can still carry the Bucks pretty yeah. far with with Brady's help, but like he's a he's a good starting running back. And yeah, I would like to see him have like a decent second option to him still. Yes, and you can always draft another running back. Yeah, wide um, receivers and tight ends are a little harder to find, and and obviously quarterbacks, yeah. especially franchise yeah. quarterbacks. So, right. But in a, and also and, with that defense, like that, if they can, if that defensive core is their next season, like they'll, um, and they can hold people to under twenty points, they'll be in every game without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Chiefs go, 
I'm wondering about their cap situation too, because they just signed all those massive deals with guys, with the guys like uh, Chris Jones, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill this past off season, where they have a lot of money locked up into those guys. That I'm wondering if they have to move on from some of their secondary players to uh, keep those guys around. Well, and didn't didn't they also give one of their D linemen? A uh, big contract, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Chris, not only Chris Jones, I think it was also Frank Clark. Oh, uh, Chris Jones was big... the one that I was thinking of. Uh, Frank Clark got a big deal as well. Um, so I'm wondering about where they'll be next year. I don't know their cap situation either, but I'm assuming they're going to have some problems, especially with that insane deal at Mahomes' side. Yes. Uh, and there's one one more Brady stat that I saw. This is maybe the wildest stat I've ever seen. Uh, so Brady has played 344 uh, combined postseason and regular season games in his career, right? Yes. In uh, his first, uh, first 172 games, that's exactly half of that number. He is 132 and 40. In his last 172 games, he is also 132 and 40. Wow. That's that's just weird. <laughs> He's been exactly as good in the first half of his career as he has been in the second half. Yes. Well, the other stat I heard on the radio, and I didn't I didn't um confirm this anywhere, but it seems believable that Tom Brady has 27% of all touchdown passes in Super Bowl history. So he has like a quarter. And that was before the Super Bowl yesterday. So going into the Super Bowl, he had he has a quarter of all touchdown passes in the history of the NFL. That seems possible because I know he had like the record-setting one against the Eagles, the one against the Falcons was also huge for him. Well, and also, so as time, as the NFL has evolved, it's becoming more of a passing league. Yeah. Even, even in our lifetimes, in the 20 years that we've been watching football, I mean, it's definitely become more of a passing league. Right. All right, so let's move on to the other NFL news, like the award show, the Hall of Fame was announced. Yes. Uh, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, Charles uh, Alan Fanica, John Lynch, and Drew Pearson are the players. Pearson was the only name I didn't recognize. He was like from like the 70s. Actually, do you remember... The NFL draft in Philly a few years ago, when the Cowboys made their pick, he was the one that announced that he went on like that crazy rant that everyone that everyone loved. No, I don't remember seeing that. I'm gonna see if I can find it because it was awesome. Okay, and then, Unless we can, find it and play then it. we can we'll post it on our Twitter account. So uh, follow us on uh, on our winning losers. Twitter. Yeah. And then we can we'll post that after the show. 
You want me to play it here, or you want to just post it later? Uh, you can you can play a clip of it here, and then we can post it. On All right. Winning yeah. Losers it's, one. It's only on a fifty. Yeah. All right. Here it goes. Oh, and there's an ad. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So yeah, that's what that's what I know him for best. Okay, I yeah, I missed that. Yeah, that was from the say on here what year? Twenty seventeen NFL draft when they hosted it in Philly. Okay. Yeah. He was very proud to be a cowboy. Yeah, and uh all the Eagles fans there of course hated that rant. Yes. Well uh, and that was shorter than I'd expected. Yeah, no, it was, but it was like, I don't know, when he did that on NFL Network, it, it went crazy. Like, all the, all the hosts there loved it, but, yeah. Um, so he's in, uh, and he was like, he he was like the original 88 in the history of Cowboys, eight, number 88. Like, uh so they had him, then uh, Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, now C.D. Lamb, like all great receivers. He was the first one in that line. Okay, I remember, I remember Michael Irvin more just from watching NFL. Yeah, the good Cowboys teams with with Aikman yeah. and Emmitt Smith. Yeah, but so Drew Drew Pearson was like before Michael Irvin. Okay, I think he played with like. Probably Roger Staubach, those guys, <laughs> kind of that oh, era. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was he was one of the guys that a lot of people have been like, "Why isn't this guy in yet?" And he's finally in. So well, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then you know, other guys like obviously Manning was getting in. Calvin Johnson, player. I feel like. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I respect him though, you know. But uh, Calvin Johnson, I feel like, was probably the most controversial because he was definitely one of the top receivers, but he only played nine years and like never did anything in the playoffs, you well, know. 
he won. He played for the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and exactly. I'm reading about this now on ESPN.com, and he's only 35, and is the third player inducted to the Hall of Fame at age 35. 35 or younger, along with Gale Sayers and Jim Brown. So right. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. I kind of felt like when he retired, he definitely could have, like, he. I know he wanted to, like, get out of Detroit because he wasn't winning there. It's kind of, like, a little bit surprising that he didn't try to force a trade, though. Well, I think that this is just becoming a new phenomenon that players have the the guts to force a trade. But at the same time, yeah, he probably. wouldn't have had anything to lose to be like, hey, Lions trade me or I'm retiring. That's what that's yeah. what Carson Palmer did. Yeah. He also uh he maybe didn't have the mindset of a lot of the other guys who forced their way out. Yes, he didn't he doesn't seem like he's that that type of personality. Right. Um so, yeah, I think uh, – and I'm glad John Lynch finally got in. I thought he was another name that really deserved it. Yes, I always like uh, watching him. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the awards. I know Rogers won the MVP. Kevin Stefanski won uh, Coach of the Year. That was – Both good pieces. He seemed like that, – that seemed like a very obvious pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's about. Oh, the other thing for the NFL is the Eagles are close to trading Carson Wentz, and apparently they want a package similar to what the Lions got for Matt Stafford. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that seems like a lot to ask for for Wentz. I mean. I think they're lucky if they get one first-round pick, let alone a quarterback and uh, another first-round pick on top of it. So, yes, especially after disaster. Yeah, and that I was like a fairly, a fairly decent quarterback at that. So, and. I don't know if you can call a Carson Wentz even a fairly decent quarterback at this point. He think he has a bit of uh, rebuilding of his uh, reputation to do. Yes. Well, and what could happen is that like they uh, they trade him, they don't get a lot for him, and then he does have a resurgence, and then some team has gets a bargain for him. Yeah, I'm not saying that happened, so like, but you never know. He could end up being a steal for whoever. Yeah, the teams I've heard mentioned most often for him so far has been uh, the Patriots, the Colts, and the Bears. That sounds right. I was thinking, yeah, the the Colts, um, but I could see him on the other two teams. Yeah, I mean, the Colts would make sense because of their coaching staff. Yes. Uh, we'll see, though, but I don't think they're going to get uh, what they're looking for. 
for him. Uh, okay, let's go to the NBA, I guess. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's going on in the NBA right now? Where's I mean, I really haven't sure. been following too, too much. Yeah, neither of I have been completely focused on football, on the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know, Super football is not over yet. We still have the uh, FCS football starting soon. What do you mean the FCS football? Uh, that's like the like the not not D D one. It's like. D1 double A. Those oh, schools. they moved their season to spring? Yeah. Oh, the uh, the, the one double A. Well, yeah, so it's okay, like... I, um, and, yeah. and what I'm hoping is uh, is that they, they the Rock tries to bring the XFL back, but I doubt they have enough sponsors to do that. It's not going to be this year. I think they're trying for next Spring, I believe that that would make sense to me. Okay, well, yeah, good. Then, then we'll have a yeah. But I am. I there is there is one team that I'm really gonna be rooting for. Uh, Jackson State. Why is that? Random school, but it's basically becoming Barstool University. <laughs> uh, because like. They, uh, so our head coach is Deion Sanders. Oh, okay. He, I... he, he has a podcast with Barstool. He did like their pro football show. Uh, and like, uh, Barstool is apparently like doing a lot, helping a lot with their recruiting and everything. So, of course, I should have assumed that it had some tie to, uh, to Barstool. Yeah, so I'm gonna be rooting for them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, and let's see. I, I pulled up the rankings now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The NBA. So. Oh no! I I did. I was still on FCS oh. football, but. Um, oh yeah. I'll probably since since this since we're having spring football, I'll be following James Madison since I applied there and didn't get in, but it's been a pretty successful um, FCS program based in a rural northern, the northern part of Virginia. Uh, yeah, the uh, the infamous Ben DiNucci went there, didn't he? Yes. I believe, yeah. Well, and, and Villanova, so, you know, they're a basketball school. Their, yeah. their football team finished 15th in the FCS, so... We'll just have to yeah. see. Yeah, there there are definitely some teams that make things interesting in that in that conference. Uh, North Dakota State is all always an interesting one. Same with Wyoming. Yes, they both produced some uh, NFL caliber players. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Yes, yes no, and I remember. That the North North Dakota State offense has been fun to watch in the playoffs in the past. Yeah, yeah, so. um, yeah. All right, so NBA. Let's go, and it's really not 
the standings really don't look too much different than uh, last week, I'd say. No, 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 not much has changed. Yeah, the Utah Jazz are looking really strong. They're half of our game of the week this yep, week. We'll, we'll touch on them later, but I'm yes, it seems like they're uh, they're they're a surprise. I thought it would be the Lakers and Clippers on top of the Western Conference this year, but I guess not. Yeah. Well, in, in the Suns are fourth in the conference now, and they're at thirteen yeah. and nine. So. Yeah, they beat the Celtics uh, this past week. Or actually yesterday, yes. right? Yes, they played They played a yeah. day game yeah. on Super Bowl Sunday. I believe the Celtics it. apparently did not shoot well at all that game. No. Uh, yeah, it seems like the Celtics are hot and cold. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised by how well the Sixers are playing, or continuing to play. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised by them too because I didn't think they got better in the off season. Yes, I mean, may, uh, I, I guess Doc Rivers was a upgrade as a coach. It's still, can he win playoffs with Embiid? Yeah, and so yeah. It, I, I, I don't think anybody denied that they had talent. It was just that they were not playing. They they were they were not um showing up to games and, and not playing well as a team. Yeah. So and yeah. it seems like the Nets right. experiment has not really been working out that well with all that um all those high profile guards. Yeah, I mean they uh they just don't play defense. Yeah. At all, yes. uh, and that does not work out for them. Yes. Yeah, you have to play some defense. Yeah, I mean, at least a little bit helps. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I mean, Durant is one of the league leaders in scoring. Uh, but yeah, both Harden and Irving are terrible at defense. Yes. I think only having. Uh, Jordan for a big man is not helping either. Yes. And it it looks like the the Knicks are in, in the eighth place in the division at eleven and fourteen, which is a uh a step in the right direction for them since they've been a even more yeah, the I mean, last couple of years. The six, seven, and eight seeds in the east are all below five hundred. Yes. Even the Pacers at the five seed are exactly five hundred. Yes. Uh, so the East is struggling. The West is. I mean, there's a lot better teams in the West. I think. Yes. Well, and I thought the the Spurs would be, uh, I guess, a little higher up in the standings. In. Now that I've... Actually, I'm surprised by where they are being 13 and 10. I didn't think they were going to be that good of a team yes. this year. I guess but... I just, since they've had such a strong history the last uh, couple of years, that I would thought that they'd be able to carry that momentum. But 
But yeah, they probably lost a lot of talent since I last looked at their roster. Yeah. The teams I'm disappointed in from the West right now is uh, New Orleans and Dallas. Because they both have the young superstars on their teams that I would have thought would be putting them close to the top of the standings. No, and I'm... uh, I'm not surprised. I think Zion is uh, incredibly overrated. So... Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure what other talent they have around him, but well, Brandon Ingram is pretty good. Yes, he was like the centerpiece, him and Lonzo Ball of the trade from the Lakers. Yes. Um. So even though Zion went to Duke, and I like Duke, I'm I'm like rooting against him in the NBA, and it and it's maybe not even his fault. It's just that that how. ESPN adores him almost to the level that they adore LeBron. Yeah, I mean, he's not that good, that's for sure. I do think he's, like, he's entertaining to watch, and he does, like, make the highlight reel play. Yes. Oh, and, and the fact that the NBA rearranged their offseason to uh, get him into the bubble. That right. Was a bit extreme. Yeah. Um, or maybe yeah, they didn't it was. rearrange it, but they, they arranged their postseason in the bubble to make sure that he would play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the East, the team that surprised me by being 9 and 14 is the Miami Heat after the run they had last year to the playoffs. Yes. Oh wow. I didn't yeah, they're nine and fourteen. That that is surprising. Yeah. And it's not so early that they can't get back into it, but that's definitely a fall from what they were last year. Yes, and I thought the, the Grizzlies would be better, I guess, just since I'd been yeah. following them last season. But I think they really took advantage last year of the bubble. They were one of the better teams being in the bubble. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I got on basketball right now. And the and the Wizards are uh, down in the basement again, where they'll probably stay for the foreseeable future at a five and fifteen. Bradley Beal does lead the league in scoring right now. Well, he doesn't have any help. And yeah, Westbrook has not been great for them. Yeah, I mean it's just him and Westbrook yeah. there. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm, I, I would imagine that uh, John Wall's happy he's in Houston now. They're, yeah, they're a little better at eleven and eleven. Yeah, yeah, Westbrook is like doing average right now, only 19 points a game, which is very low for him, it feels like. Yes. Uh, Alright, so let's go, uh, let's move to the NHL. Sure, why not? You said you've been watching a little bit more NHL than I have. Yes. But there, is one, there is one game that I wanted to talk about from uh, the past week where a 
video uh, video coordinator upheld a goal that shouldn't have counted in the Carolina uh, Columbus game. Apparently, that was really weird. Oh, I had not heard that. Yeah, so I'm looking at this article. It says. The league, it turns out, never actually upheld the good goal ruling. They were still in the process of reviewing the play when the wrong information was passed along to the referee, who then announced that the goal would stand. Uh, let's see. It says Nationwide Arena's off-ice officials are in the pos- process of training a video coordinator, a person charged with making sure NHL hockey operations and hockey operations executives in Toronto can connect with NHL officials at ice level for their review. Uh, sounds a little complicated, but I guess the the coordinator is just supposed to connect the people on the ice with the officials. They're not supposed to get involved. <laughs> Apparently, this guy got involved somehow. Oh, that's, uh, that's yeah. good. Overstepping your boundaries. All right, here it says, we sent the first video clip to the, for the linesman to review. We're looking at them, too, in Toronto, and we hear a voice on the line say, he's on side, that's a good goal. He said it twice. <laughs> and heard that, took off the headsets and stepped away so they could make the call. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I guess some miscommunication there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the one the one game I want to mention was uh the Saturday night or Saturday or no, it was Sunday afternoon matinee game between the Flyers and the Capitals. Where the Flyers um, scored a touchdown on the Capitals and won five to seven in Washington, and uh, just like when uh, Laviolette coached for the Predators, the the Capitals couldn't really play a whole game, so you can't do that against a good teams. So I think the the Flyers maybe like my early pick to win the East in the conference. I'm not even sure how they'll do the playoffs, but they, they seem like they're a pretty dangerous team. So Yeah. Uh, well, the Bruins are tied with them right now, too. I see that. Uh, yeah, I think the Bruins will be fine without uh, Chara. They I mean, they've been doing pretty well. They've had a lot of come-from-behind wins, uh, which... That's if you keep winning in the regular season like that, that's fine as long as you're winning. Once you get the postseason, you're not going to win a Stanley Cup from coming from behind every game. Yes, but they do have a lot of depth and experience on that team. So, yeah, and uh, their best player, Pasternak, hasn't. I don't think he's played yet. Oh, he's been out because of COVID or injuries. Injury, yeah, he's recovering from back surgery. He should be back. If he hasn't come back yet, he should be back in like a week. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Well, that'll that'll definitely help, and I believe. Um. Well, I see that the game tonight's postponed between the Sabers and the Bruins, and I think that's because the Sabers had had a COVID scare. I don't. I haven't read anything that the yeah. Bruins have had any COVID issues. There's the been a lot of issues so far for hockey. I think. Yeah, the Devils had some. I believe. Because I, I see their games have been postponed. So, so yeah, not not as a no. secure as you would like. Yeah. Or I, they would um, want. Yeah. In Canada, the Maple, Maple Leafs, Canadians look pretty good. Vegas looks good in the West. Yeah, Vegas, uh, Vegas seems like they're still a pretty strong team. Yeah, I mean, they've been consistent at the top of the league ever since they were formed. Yes. Well, it seems like they're a very offensive-oriented team. Yeah. And they, they can get to the goal and score. But I, I only right. watched like one, or, one of their games, so... But right. like the, um, the Avalanche are uh, coming back into contention because they weren't. I don't remember them being relevant the last two or three seasons. Yeah, not really. They've been kind of out of it for a while. Yes. And then Tampa has looked really good against the Preds, but the Preds have uh, been a disaster. Yeah, I'm surprised how far they've fallen since they were Stanley Cup uh, contender, what, like three years ago? Yeah, yes, 2017. Yeah, I'm surprised they've fallen this far. Yes, it seems like they're, they've slowly have become um, worse and worse. Like, it wasn't, like, I and I... Uh, yeah, I and I can't explain it really. It just I think it's been mounting issues, and in having a new coach hasn't really changed. I think their lack of talent. Um, they right. Well, I think uh, their goalie situation. They had uh, Rene, who was one of the best in the league. He hasn't been that good recently, right? Well. I think he he's definitely aging, but yeah. Um, but yes, he 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 uh, he he does need to step up. But Saros, the backup, hasn't really looked like he's good enough to be a be a number one either. Okay. So, yeah. So, but 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 Pekka is definitely the most reliable, and I believe they drafted another goalie who is uh, not on the team yet, but he was a highly touted goalie from somewhere in Europe. So I think they yeah. do want to find Pekka's replacement, and Saros does not appear to be it. And like I said, I don't um, I don't really believe in John Hines yet. He, he did not um, – it did not go well in New Jersey with the Devils before he got to uh, to Nashville. So uh, I and I wasn't I didn't really follow 
that team too closely, but still, it's it's not reassuring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and from what I've seen, right. I think they give up a lot of goals. So, kind of hard to win when you give up four or five goals a game. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, college basketball now? Yeah, college basketball. Uh, Gonzaga and Baylor still at the top two. Yes. Michigan's right there still. Ohio State, Villanova. North Carolina played both unranked in a. I yeah. North Carolina got eight votes. North Carolina got eight votes from. Uh, oh, that's the AP poll. Yes. No, they look good against. Uh, UNC. Or UNC looked good against Duke on Saturday. I didn't. I didn't. See the game, but UNC won yes. that. Okay, so that that may have helped, but the that Duke team doesn't look like Duke. Yeah, they don't have uh, like any any superstars this year like they usually do. No, so definitely not any one and done as far as I can tell. It's interesting seeing a lot of new teams at the top of the poll right now. Yes. And well, in, in like Michigan is still number three in both the AP and coaches poll, but they haven't played in at least two weeks. They actually rose one spot in both polls. That's hey, that they're they're uh. They're pulling in Ohio State. Just don't play games and uh, move up this up the rankings. Has it really been that long? Well, it wasn't. Maybe it hasn't been two weeks, but it's at least they were. I thought no. The their last game. Their last game was against Purdue. On when was it? Does it say here. Oh, uh, this game was on January twenty second. So yeah, they haven't played since January twenty second. Wow, they'll be they're going to be very rusty when their season starts again. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, so since they haven't played, oh, what's strange is they've played exactly the same amount of games as Villanova. Yes, but I, Villanova's had some games postponed too. It just has been a level. Yeah, okay. even like one or two games. But no, with Michigan, I read on the bottom line of ESPN that they were extending their uh, the suspension of their sports programs. So I think, I don't, it does not appear that they're going to resolve their COVID problems anytime soon. I just say it was extended all the way to like the... March Madness, and they still get in as a one seed. That would be, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty. I feel like that would be that would be tough for the committee to explain, but I feel like they'd try to do it anyway because they're like they'd be thirteen and one, you know. Well, and what the uh, I've liked from what I what I've seen from West Virginia this year, they've been a. They've been a 
they played some close games against Florida, which they lost, and then they had another close game this weekend, and they won. It was a, I think it was a conference game. Oh, I, it was Kansas. So that was, so they're they're, they they'll be fun to watch in the tournament. Yes, they they uh, dominated Kansas ninety-one to seventy-nine. Yeah. So that's another blue blood that's not that's not yeah. uh-huh. well this season. Tech, Look at Tech the polls. A fun team to watch. Yeah. Look at the polls. I think Houston should be higher than eighth. I feel like they should be at least like fourth or fifth. Yes. Because they're sixteen and two. Ohio State and four is fifteen and four. <laughs> Just like in college football. Right, like I feel like, I feel like in college basketball, the smaller schools actually get more respect than they do in football. Yes. So. Oh no! It was Cincinnati and Ohio State wrong? Wrong. Same color scheme. Wrong schools. Oh uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and USC is now ranked twenty in both polls. So. Uh, yeah. Go figure. And Rutgers. Who knew Rutgers had a basketball program? Number 25 yeah, in the AP poll. I'm looking at the uh, the top points per game leaders now, and Luca Garza still looks like the best player out there, apparently. Okay. Oh, I'm just still looking at the, the yeah. rankings. Uh, yeah, Garza has been really good. I don't know a lot of these other names at the top, uh, but but a lot of them seem to be from smaller schools. Yes. Well, it looks like Uh, two uh, good games tonight. We got Ohio State at Maryland and uh, Oklahoma State at Kansas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, those are good games. Oklahoma State is a uh, twelve and five, and Kansas is twelve and seven. Yeah, that should be a good one. And Gonzaga and BYU, but I would imagine Gonzaga will probably win that pretty convincingly. Yeah. All right. So, still a little too early to start talking about the brackets, but it's getting to the point where you can start. Seeing who the top teams are. Yes. Um, let's go one more sports story before we get to our fails. Uh, Trevor Bauer went to the Dodgers. Okay, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so uh, his salary for 2021 is going to be $40 million, and that's currently higher than three. MLB team's entire payroll. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, he got a three-year deal worth $102 million, uh, and he'll make $40 million this year, $45 million next year, and then uh, they... Oh yeah, so 
he is going to the Indians payroll currently is thirty six point five million. The Orioles is thirty four point one, and the Pirate Pirates is thirty point zero million. Wow! And he and Trevor Bauer will make forty million. Wow! So he's making that, and is he is he a starting pitcher or is he a closer? He's a starter. Okay, that's crazy. And the nice part about playing yeah. about pitching is you. You only have to work once a week too. Yeah. Whenever you're and what's crazy is called in the rotation. Yeah, on the Dodgers, they already have Walker Bueller, who is a top tier starting pitcher. Clayton Kershaw is also a top pitcher. And I have this guy, uh, David Price, who was uh, skipped last year, but. Most likely, he'll still be a decent pitcher and have a couple good options for their number five slot. So their rotation is loaded. Well, I guess when you have millions and millions of dollars to spend on pitching, you can uh, acquire yeah. the best arms in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so they're uh, they're gonna be. A tough team to deal with after they just won the World Series. Yes, and, and apparently um, he went to Hart High School in Sanita, Florida and played college baseball at UCLA. So on top of making $40 million a year, he gets to go home and live in LA. And he's, he's also yeah. my age, which is always nice to see uh People my age being a lot more successful. Just what I want to see. So, yeah. Which I mean, good for um, him. It's just like, oh, that'd be nice to get a huge contract like that for something. Yeah. One other thing, we mentioned it briefly at the end of last week's episode, but more details about that Nikki Calloway situation, the former Mets manager. He's had at least five different women who have come forward uh, with claims against him. So it was not not an isolated incident. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I guess, over text messages. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like he sent any, like... Uh... Oh no, he did send some pictures to them. So. Yeah, that's a, it's a good, uh, yeah. good way to keep your job as a. Oh, in this article, this is this is not good. Uh, in one article, it says, in one instance, he thrust his crotch near the face of a reporter as she interviewed him. Oh. So yeah, you. Not not the best. No. So he uh probably will have to find a new career. Uh yeah, I believe the Angels already uh fired him. Well, and I'm sure he won't be able to find a job in baseball anytime soon because I don't I can't imagine another MLB team will be like, Oh yeah, we wanna we wanna hire this guy. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. After you've uh, made more decisions in uh, before. 
Especially yeah. when they're uh, of this nature. Right. Right. All right. So that's a wrap on that story. Uh, let's get into our fails. Okay. Um, well, I'll make mine quick. I only, I had one, but I have a, I've added as I've, uh, um, been on ESPN. So, yeah, first I, I'll start with the Super Bowl and, uh, there was, uh, multiple reports of a massless partying in Tampa after the win yesterday. So, uh, good way to celebrate winning the Super Bowl is by uh, spreading COVID throughout yeah, the Yeah, that's all like it's standard for Florida at this point. Yes. Uh, which, they need to stop that. Yes, and then uh, back to college basketball briefly, I just read today that the, that the Miami-UNC basketball game was postponed after uh, party video surfaces of a UNC player celebrating after the win against Duke. And it was specifically Dayron Sharp and Armando Bascott were uh, caught partying without masks. So uh, so that's always uh, always nice to see that you're uh, not thinking straight after you win. I get it's your art yeah. level, but like have some common sense people. Right. And uh right. Oh, and looks like the the Preds are already down one zero. Hopefully they uh won't give up five goals again. <laughs> yeah. Not a not a great start anyway. Um but I don't know. Remember last week when we were talking about the Bruins being down when we were uh, doing the show? They came back and won that game. Oh, I did see that last week. And, yeah. Uh, so there's always hope. And uh, well, that's a perfect segue back to Nashville. Is uh, this story broke after our show last week? Was a uh, country singer Morgan Wallen was caught on camera dropping the end bomb. And uh, oh yeah, I heard about that. That's that's not good. Yes. Well. Well. And then in a, then he was dropped from. Or no, he was suspended from a record label, which would make sense. And then, yeah. But um, I guess two or three days ago, I read a story that his uh, his album sales went up after he dropped the end bomb. Not yeah. that anybody's well, buying albums now anyway. Like, it went from 5000 yeah. to 22000 which um, is not a lot. We know, so. we know who his fans are, though. Yes. Uh, but he, I believe he was drunk when he did that, right? Which is no excuse, but... Yes. At, at least, uh, I, mean, I don't know. Well, in... in uh, I've only been drunk once, but... It seems like it's uh, it uh, it definitely eliminates your filter, but that's still no reason to even have thoughts of racial slurs to begin with. Right. So yeah. Clearly, uh, and he is from like a a uh, 
a rural part of Tennessee, so I'm sure he grew up with uh, people that had no problem dropping the N-bomb. And, uh, Most likely, that seems like it would be typical of that area. Yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, in a... I, and I, I'm sure he'll be suspended for a while, and that is a. And I believe that all major radio stations pulled his songs, which they were on rotation. Yeah. A little too much, anyway. Was uh. Yeah. That I don't think I, I couldn't name a single one of his songs. Well, you don't listen to country music, so. Right. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. So I think. People will just forgive and forget, especially his label, if he's actually generating a lot of money for them. Like they'll be like, "Oh yeah, we'll give him a second chance." Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was that was my main one. The other, my other two fails just popped up. Uh, now. Okay. So yes. Uh, uh, what do you have for what? us? Drew? Oh, well, I'm going to start with uh, Jose Canseco. What happened to him? Uh, so, Barstool has this event uh, called Rough and Rowdy. It's like an amateur boxing promotion that uh, they used, they were doing it all around the country, but since COVID started, they took it back to like the where it originally started because they bought the like company. It wasn't originally theirs. Uh, but it was started in West Virginia, so that's where they're hosting all their events. <laughs> they, that would be a place to start an amateur boxing promotion company. Yeah, well, so it's not like regular boxing. They call it like hillbilly boxing. Um, but it's, I would, it's like bar fight boxing, basically. Well, that's on brand. <laughs> like, these guys aren't professional. They just go out and wail on each other. Um, and, like, they're the characters they have there is like a mixture. It's like they're almost like kind of like WWE type characters. Like, they're all, all have ridiculous personalities and everything. Um, their current, their current, uh, Heavyweight champion is actually from my town, though, where I live right now, Braintree, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm pretty sure I used to go to the same gym as this guy, too, before coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe so, he could recruit but... you for a uh, hillbilly boxing. <laughs> yeah, and they do have like a boxing center in this gym. Uh, so, but yeah, no, so it was. It's hilarious, but Jose Canseco was uh, fighting in it this past weekend, and he's fighting the intern from pardon from the Pardon My Take podcast named Billy Football. Twenty three year twenty three year old kid played football in D three college, so he is like an athletic type. Um, but well, and Jose Canseco is like fifty five or sixty, I would imagine. I didn't. Google it. He's 56. I'm just good. I was one. Yeah. One year off. Still still taking steroids, though. Really? Um, 
more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so he went out uh, against this 23-year-old intern and uh, he apparently he, he claims to have gone into the fight with an already separated shoulder uh, that had been like separated for three to four months. That's what he claims, but he went in and I think what what really happened was this kid just wailed on him so much that he was like, nope, I'm not doing this, and quit within like 10 seconds. Really? Well, if you don't yeah. in boxing, you probably shouldn't do it. Like that's It's yeah, not like well, golf where you can just be like, I'll just swing a golf club and see what happens. Yeah, so this kid just came out so fast and like landed like eight punches in like five seconds, and then he went down, and then the fight got stopped. I mean, that's what that's what you get if you walk into any any fight unprepared. Yeah, um, and Jose Canseco's a pretty big guy, right? Yeah, so the weight difference is the intern kid. He was. Uh, he was 6'3 or 6'4 and like 220 pounds or so. Jose Canseco was like 6'3 and 270 pounds. So they're both big guys. Yeah. I mean, but one's like athletic build, like, but smaller and faster, you know? And then the other guy, Jose Canseco's like a big meathead. Well, he's also like. 30 years younger. Yeah. Oh, Canseco still looked like pretty jacked, but it's like he just did not have like the athleticism to keep up with the the Billy football. Well, not only that, you gotta be a... Yeah. With that, defend yourself, even if you're not as quick, if you can uh, at least not take punches on the head and gut if they hit your forearms or your gloves, at least you're not absorbing yeah. all those blows. But clearly he uh, yeah. didn't know how to dodge or duck. Or what what were the what were the rules of dodgeball? The movie Dodge, Duck, Dip or something? Dive Dodge, Duck, Dip, Dive and Dodge. Yes. yes. Same Wait. same rules apply to boxing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but other than that, it was pretty entertaining because well, one of the fights had an absolutely crazy knockout, like one hit, just straight, like unconscious. This uh, this guy went by whose character went by the name of Shizat the Rizat, knocked out a guy who went by the name Ix. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> that was uh, that was funny. When you initially texted me that, I thought. It might have been a, a fight against that social media guy, whatever his name was, who knocked out Nate Robinson earlier this year or late oh, last year. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah, it was like Conseco wants to fight him, but I don't think that's gonna happen. So so does the other guy that the guy that fought Conseco, Billy Football. He wants to fight him well, too. It seemed so. like, and maybe maybe Jake Paul's just smarter than everybody else that he's that he's actually because he's such a big name 
that he's actually making celebrity boxing like relevant and profitable for him. And Jake Paul is actually like a legit like fighter. Yes. At the well, point. He he's fighting a former MMA guy next, uh, Ben Askren. So he's so he's fighting more and more uh, successful people or relevant people. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and, uh, and like, if he if he can win that, then he's like, it's pretty legit, legit for him. Well, I think it it makes it easy for him too. He has so much time to train if he's just making money from YouTube. Yeah, you can train fifty hours a week and get really good pretty fast. Yeah. So from Jose Canseco, I am moving to a Portland Trailblazers fan who has to follow through with his promise that he made on Twitter. Uh, He said after before a game against. against the 76ers, he said, if we beat Philly with this group, I will eat my own shoe. Uh, so the, the Blazers were without both, um, they were without both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for that game. And they still beat the 76ers. So he uh, posted a video of him actually eating his shoe. That sounds real healthy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he put he put some hot sauce on it to make it taste a little better. So did he like? Well, what type of shoe was it? Uh, it was like a regular like running shoe. It looks like I don't I don't know if he'll be able to eat the sole, but I guess he's gonna try to eat the rest of I it. Just say if it, if it's like. Rubber, it's really hard to eat rubber. Yeah, I guess he's going to try to eat the fabric part of it. He definitely took a bite out of it. (laughs) And the thing with that, well, it's dirty and like, how many like, what like chemicals are in the shoe to hold it together? Yeah, I don't know about that. I I guess it's rubber and foam, but still, that's not. That's not exactly edible. Yeah. Um, all right. So after that, I'm going back to a story we kind of talked about earlier, but Trevor Bauer, uh, he had previously said that he would never sign a multi-year deal. Uh, and the reason, because the reason for that is he previously had made a bet with a friend. If he ever signs a multi-year deal, the friend gets to shoot him in the nuts with a paintball gun from 10 feet away. So, that's going to hurt. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Trevor Bauer now has to do that, apparently. That's that's a dumb bet. Yeah. He, Bauer has signed seven straight one-year deals. And he finally got a multi-year deal. <laughs> Well, if he, I mean, that makes sense, especially early in your career, if you keep getting better and you can uh, negotiate better contracts each year. But given how uh, good he, uh, his, this contract is, I 
I'm sure he'll uh, he'll stick with this deal for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's painful. Uh, all right. So let's see. What's next? Um, all right. There is a woman down in Australia who apparently has had so much trouble telling her left and right hands from each other that she got them tattooed with an L and an R. <laughs> That's... Wow. <laughs> She's... Must not be that bright. I, I guess not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, she got one with a left and one with a right. <laughs> so. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next up, uh, staying in Australia actually, uh, with the Australian Open tennis, uh. Player named Dennis Shapovalov uh, took a time out so he could go to the bathroom. Apparently, tennis rules do not allow you to go to the bathroom in the middle of a match. So he started arguing with the ref about how he was going to take a piss in a bottle. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I would think that they would, since there's so many breaks in tennis matches, that they would let you take one. Take, yeah. take your bathroom. Like he, he told the ref, like, I'm literally going to pee my pants. And the ref was like, yeah, you're not allowed to do, he's like, you can call a, you can call a, a, a medical timeout, but you can't leave the court until a physician checks you out. <laughs> And he's like, look, I can go to the bathroom and get back to the court by the time the physician actually gets to me. <laughs> and the, the umpire is just like, nope, not allowed. <laughs> so I guess you... Wow, that's tough. Oh, I was thinking about that. I was watching golf this weekend because there wasn't a lot on during the day before the Super Bowl. And I was wondering if a... If a PGA golfers can go on the course. So like, hey, I know there's a line at the at the porta potties here on hole number six, but uh, can I guys can I cut you? I gotta get back out there and play. <laughs> yeah. Because with the with this uh, tournament, the the waste management open, they didn't even they only let five thousand people in, and they didn't even have the strings up. we like. Not that the strings will prevent anybody from like um, walking onto the course in a like trying to get an autograph or something, but still, like if if a player had to go to the bathroom, like they it was a pretty quick run to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like football. I've seen it before where players run and run to go in the middle of a game and everything. Yes. So. Um, well, that takes a all right. too because of, with football pants and everything. 
It's yeah, football yeah. and hockey. It's, it's it's not that easy to go to the bathroom during. No, yeah, like basketball easy and right. everything. Yeah. Uh, basketball, I was saying, is pretty easy. Same with yeah. baseball, soccer, any sport. Uh, or shorts. Yeah. All right, so I have one final one left, uh, and. Uh, this takes place in Brazil at a soccer game. Uh, a player by the name of Emerson Carioca, probably pronouncing that wrong, but he was given an eight-game ban because he started a riot by stripping naked to celebrate a goal. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're when you get excited, things happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he didn't just take his shirt off; he took everything off. I'm surprised he could do it that quickly. <laughs> like it would, it would take me a minute to yeah. to uh, do that anywhere, much less like. But I guess if you're just wearing shorts, uh, shirt, and then like, I uh, compression shorts, you can uh, <laughs> you can uh, undress pretty quickly. Yeah, so he they apparently this the celebration actually happened back in December. They're just deciding on what to rule for the suspension now. Wow, that's, uh, so, that's a while. Yeah, it took a long time. So he ripped off his top and lowered his shorts after scoring a dramatic win winner against Marika to send Sampaio Correa into the Karaoke Championship. Say that ten times fast. The winger, yeah, the winger exposed his bottom and waved his genitals at opposing <laughs> players, wearing an on-pitch brawl. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, okay, yes. and it doesn't look like this. Uh, Soccer league is very popular either. They have very small oh, well, fans. Oh, didn't like. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like the World Cup where like height... you're uh, yeah. dressing in front of the world. No, it's like it's like smaller than high school really? level fans. <laughs> yeah. Then why yeah, did it take tiny. them so long to decide to how long to suspend him? Like their their board is probably like three. I have no like, idea. Okay. Should we suspend him like two weeks or three weeks? Like, <laughs> there, there, there can't be that. Right? Yeah. Small little league. Yeah. I have no idea. Why don't you know all the. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, let's get to the sad story of Reggie so Lewis. Who is he? Uh, drafted by the Celtics, 1987. Here's the crazy part. So, we already talked about uh, Len Bias, Celtics draft pick who never played a game. He was drafted in 86. In 87, they drafted this guy. Uh, and this guy at least did play six years. He was a one-time NBA All-Star. He was actually a pretty good player. But his career was shut was cut very short after only six years. 
What happened? Well, so after six years, uh, actually in game one of the Celtics playoff series in 1993, he collapsed on the court, remained on the ground for several seconds, got up looking dizzy and everything, uh, briefly returned to the game, eventually pulled out due to dizziness and shortness of breath. he went to the hospital where uh, he was tested by more than a dozen heart specialists who the Celtics called their dream team of doctors. Uh, they, they diagnosed him with focal cardi- cardiomyopathy uh, can cause a regular heartbeat and heart failure. He was told that it was most likely career-ending, which, by the way, I feel like we've seen players in recent years have that and come back to play, or am I wrong about that? Uh, not that I remember. I know, I know, I know we've had, like, players with heart, heart conditions come back to play with, like, significant issues, and they've and, come and back and been all right. a wide array of different heart conditions. I mean, they're... None of them are good, but maybe some yeah. you can actually uh, right. uh, recover and play. Like, I know... Uh, have surgeries that, that uh, eliminate those problems. Yeah. I know Chris Bosh, I don't think he ever played again after his diagnosis, no, not that right? I yeah, that's, I remember hearing about it, and then, yeah, yeah I haven't heard of him since. He, he was... He was definitely one name that came to mind. Uh, but I feel like there was... I mean, so Teddy Bruschi from the Patriots, he obviously came back to play after his... Uh, what was it? Seizure, I believe? Maybe. I, you would know better than I do. I mean... I, yeah, I I think seizures are caused by a heart no, problem, two right? Different Is that something... Things. But neither yeah. of us okay. are professionals. Yeah. It, it, maybe it wasn't a seizure. Maybe it was a stroke, but it was yeah. one of those. Yeah, I think seizures, serious. I think, more of like epilepsy. Oh, back to... and, and like that, but it could okay, be a stroke, yeah. which is, from my understanding, is that you just, you're not getting enough blood to the brain, so then your brain shuts down. So that's why... People that have strokes, they uh, if one side of their brain basically dies, they can't use like their left arm or their left leg if their right brain has severe damage. Right. So if so, it could have been a okay. minor stroke that he was able yeah. to recover from with physical therapy. I I, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, well, yeah, uh, and I do feel like it, technology has advanced to some degree where some players have been able to come back okay. from some issues. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, back to this guy, uh, back to Reggie Lewis. He, after that diagnosis, he went and got a second opinion from a doctor named Gilbert Mudge, which... I would not trust anyone with the last name Mudge. 
Uh, this guy diagnosed Lewis with neurocardiogenic syncope, a less serious, non-fatal condition. So, uh, so Lewis so began. He nailed that diagnosis. Huh? Yeah. Uh, well, Lewis began working out in preparation to come back for 1994. Um, Mudge, by the way, was later cleared of any wrongdoing because he insisted he never authorized Lewis to resume workouts. He claimed Lewis started doing that on his own. <laughs> um, but on July 27, 1993, during an off-season practice, he uh, suffered cardiac arrest and he unfortunately died right there on the court. Yes. At 27. That's that's rough. That's unfortunate because he was he was on track to uh, be a Celtics legend. Uh, he was averaging he at the end of his career, he has he was averaging seventeen points per oh, game that is for a, his that is career. A very good career. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, one time All Star, he was he had his number retired by uh, the Celtics. He also went to college in Boston. I saw his Northeastern. number was retired there as well. Which that yeah, um, that I thought was pretty surprising because no. NBA players ever come out of uh, Northeastern. Right, yeah, I know. It's not a uh, no, it's not a sports yeah, school. Not Maybe a hockey. Powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not really even a hockey powerhouse. The hockey teams are like BU, Harvard, BC, and... Uh, Yes. Yeah, those are the four for Boston. Yes, it, it does seem like they they like their hockey in in New England. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, unfortunate for this guy, and that's two players in a row that they lost, uh, two draft picks in a row that, that they lost to yes, uh, heart conditions. Yeah, that just sounds like bad luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was like he was playing. He was one of the guys that was gonna like take over for the guys like Larry Bird and McHale and Robert Perry. Oh, those are some big shoes to fill. Yeah, but he was doing well. I mean, his second season, he uh, was averaging eighteen point five points per game wow. in just thirty minutes. Yeah. And he made the All-Star game the year before yes. he ended up passing away. Uh, some players are some like some physicians suspected that he was using cocaine too, but that was refuted by uh, by his family and other, other I people. did see that as well. Um, 
says a heart damaged by a common cold virus. Which kind of sounds like what a lot of people have been dealing with with the uh, what, is it, what do they call it? Myo something. Myocardarrhythmia? Uh, oh, people I'm not sure. Corona? And I know this, the Red Sox pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez had it. I can't remember the exact name of it, but hopefully we don't see too yep. much of that coming out of this. We'll see. Um, so, all right, let's uh, unfortunate, unfortunate yes. ending to his career, but Uh, okay, let's go to our game of the week, which we mentioned the Jazz were in it. The Celtics are the other team in it. Uh, a game is tomorrow at so 10 p.m. Should be a really good game. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, in Utah. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a tough game for uh yes, I for the I Celtics I... anyway. I think that the, the Jazz will win, and I was looking at their stats. They uh, lead lead the league in uh, three pointers, and uh, and uh, they're second in three point percentage, three point field goal percentage, and uh, and they also lead the league in rebounding. Which, from our previous conversations, we. Uh, we discussed how the Celtics have struggled to rebound. So I think those are two big uh, advantages yeah. that the Jazz have. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is going to depend. Uh, Jalen Brown has had a sore knee, but I believe he will be back. They still have not had their entire team, like, yeah, playing at full strength, though. So, I mean, it's always been like I know Marcus Smart is out right now. They got they got their backup point guard yeah. healthy, Peyton Pritchard, the rookie, who's been really good. Uh, but Kemba Walker hasn't been playing at a hundred percent. They just haven't had their entire team together yet. The Celtics, and if they do manage to get that, and Brown and Tatum keep playing at the high level they are. They'll be a tough team to beat, but for this game, it's gonna yes. be it's gonna be a challenge. <laughs> ESPN right now has Utah at a sixty-two point three percent chance as well. of winning the game. And they're and they're at home, which is always a little easier to uh, play at home, even even in an empty arena. From my experience playing, I was always a little more comfortable to play in my own high school stadium as opposed to traveling to somewhere that I'm not familiar with and playing. Yeah. Well, it might not be empty because one of the links on this page is for tickets they're selling yes. as well, well as $42. I would imagine still a capacity limit so, to 15%. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, Utah's another one of those uh not one of those states that's weird. I feel like they're like oh, Florida really? and kind of ignoring everything. 
I think so. <laughs> uh, but I remember Rudy Gobert that caused everything to be canceled in the first place. Um, but yeah, the yes. Jazz are they're a really good team. I didn't realize Mike Conley is still oh, playing for that. I was not aware of that either. Yeah, he's our, he's our starting yeah. point guard. He's having a pretty good year, too. And Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is a great player. Uh, yeah. Celtics, they, it all depends on Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. If those guys are on, then I still, it'll, it'll be good. But I don't know. I think we'll even. Uh, yeah, it's still. Strength, I, I would still pick the Jazz. But, by like, yeah, I am. Mean, the Jazz have been like tough to beat so far. So, points. yeah, it's possible. Like I said, I think that I I could see that. I definitely isn't the fact that they have no. They only have one good rebounder that you you discussed last time. I think that'll be hard to win. That's, He's not the only one. They do have Tristan Thompson as actually our leader yes. in rebounds with eight point six per game. But uh, Robert Williams, I they're still not playing him enough, and he's yes, and he's playing the, like the one of their better the players. Jazz are leading the league in three point shooting. I'm, I I don't know if yeah. the Celtics yeah. have the D to slow the slow down that shooting. They're shooting. Right. Right. All right. So let's get and to our winners time? and losers. Well, we're talking to a couple different categories from the Super Bowl. We're talking commercials, plays, and moments from the moments yes. from the game or the night in general. Yeah, I'll make it quick. Wow. I think my, you want to start? My favorite moment from the game was uh, the streaker that I didn't see it on TV, but I saw okay. uh, it videos posted on Twitter. So clearly some guy was very uh, very bold to uh, go and go streaking during the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know what happened to him, but that uh, – that was probably the most amusing part of the game since it was a was not a close one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it does suck that they always cut away yes, and from then it. He had, like five but... guys jump on him. I was like, well, what what would you expect? Yeah, now, I'm also surprised too that security wasn't good enough that he was able to 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 run through the field like i thought that they'd have enough security on the field that he wouldn't get actually make it onto the gridiron like they'd tackle him off to the side in the end zone right yeah he he ran right through the chiefs offensive line <laughs> just like the entire buck defense did <laughs> I was about to say he yeah. did look like he was pretty fast, so so I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe the Chiefs could assign him to receiver. 
he, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he, maybe might, he was training not, for his might like, not oh, hurt. <laughs> Super Bowls in Tampa. I'm getting tickets, and I'm going to be the halftime show. I am. Every, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. and uh, run through the field in my birthday suit. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was the most enter- entertaining part of the game, and uh, but yes, I think I, I understand why they they cut away from that for uh, obvious reasons, and then uh, yeah. Oh, also, I think my my uh, my uh, fail of the Super Bowl was I my loser was I I made ribs and I plan on making ribs for a couple days. But I ran out of barbecue sauce, so at halftime I had to run and get barbecue sauce to uh, finish my ribs. So, so I missed <laughs> the Super Bowl halftime show, okay. which is fine, but still. Well, uh, I might have and some then, thoughts on that, but <laughs> so I guess that was my moment. I think my the the only my my favorite play of the Super Bowl was when when Brady got sacked. For all of six yards, so it didn't. It didn't really. Uh, of course, it was. Change the game too much. No, I mean the Chiefs did not have many yes, good plays. Uh, their uh, yeah, their pass rush was 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 non-existent. It was. It was kind of hard to pick out like plays for this game because there wasn't like a. Yeah. A huge like game breaking well, no, play. A fan or a Tom Brady fan, there are plenty of good plays that they made, but there wasn't yeah. there wasn't a game defining play. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and commercials. I my three favorite ones were the Miley Kunis and uh, Austin Kutcher singing the Shaggy song from like nineteen ninety eight. But they uh, changed the words for Cheetos. So uh, that was yeah, that was mildly entertaining. And then uh, Drake's cameo in the State Farm commercial because I was expecting it to be another boring State Farm commercial. And then Drake is a uh, pretends to be the State Farm, the Jake Jake from State Farm. And then the uh, my my the first yeah. commercial that I what I liked was the Matthew McConaughey uh, Doritos commercial. So and I I I don't really have any yeah. uh, losers in that category, but just just the three that stand out the most. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so for me, let's see. I'll start with the moments. My favorite moment of the game uh, was probably the Chiefs uh, just absolutely fucking themselves right before the half and uh, just giving the yes. Bucks an extra touchdown. <laughs> uh, so they came out. Uh, they just scored a field goal. The Bucks were like, "All right, we're just gonna run it here and see what happens." And and Kansas City's like, "Okay, we'll call a timeout." 
And so the Bucks were like, all right, well, if you're going to give us free time, we might as well take it. <laughs> and they just they could go right down the field. They're helped by a couple, couple penalties, which are questionable maybe, but they happened. So the Bucks took advantage of them. And the Chiefs called another timeout to give the Bucks even more time. So they're like, yes. okay, we'll just go and score another touchdown. And uh, that's the one that really kind of yes, put the game like truly out of reach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just bad penalties. <laughs> I mean, those balls were definitely uncatchable, but if they are uncatchable, there's no reason to go and do something True. that could potentially get you called. Well, I guess I should have I mean, had that on so. my losers because I, I... I thought they were unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, so the low, the low moment of the night for me uh, was you were the Super halftime show. No, I mean, I had outside of like commercials and stuff. I had never heard that guy's mu- the weekend's music. Uh, I think I'd maybe heard that. Blinded by the Light song, like briefly in like commercials and stuff. That was really the only one. And that song was okay, but the rest yes. were, I thought, were pretty bad. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I'll ever hear a song from well, him I, again I after tonight or after last night. Maybe since ticket sales were down, that they couldn't get a bigger artist that was more well known. Oh, I think he is a fairly well-known he artist. Is, he's just they, not. They could have definitely booked bigger I, names. I, yeah, like I, it's not that I dislike pop music, but I'm not big into like most pop artists. Uh, there are a few that I like. Uh, like I would have been, been well, a fan if they chose Halsey so... for the halftime show. I, oh, I'm. Surprised you picked yeah. Halsey. I didn't. I didn't but, think you'd be a Halsey fan. I love. I love a couple of Halsey songs. <laughs> I don't know if you know the song "Nightmare." I don't know. Yeah, I, I love that song. I, uh, I like the. I also like the one she did with MGK on his new album. Oh, okay. Forget I like GK, but now he's he went from rap yeah. to rock. Yeah, which I, I like that. Yeah. Check out that song. I really like that one too. And the listen nightmare, I'm sure you'll recognize that one. Uh and the other the other pop artist I like is uh Billy Eilish. I, I would not have expected you to like her either. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> I know it's strange, but I do like a couple of your songs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't listen to pop. Uh, that I, mean, I, like I the listen song. to pop radio. Song just there's no pop artist now. That yeah. Like, okay. Like I, I would want to see them in concert. I like the song uh, "Bad Guy" from Billie Eilish, and no, Bad you should see me in a crown. Was was always on the radio there for yeah a little bit. 
Yeah. I, I like discovered her from listening to like a. It was like an oh, alternative okay. rock station. Yeah. Which is like she kind of fits that category. A little. Bit. I thought it was more of like EDM. Um. But yeah. It's a mixture of both, I'd say. Like they're like. Imagine Dragons is considered alternative rock. Which they're they're another group I'd like for a halftime show. Yeah. Uh I don't know. My top choices, of course, will never get it except for I can see maybe Metallica somehow well, getting it. They, if they want since what I've noticed about the NFL and all their artists, I think they they want young pop artists to attract like a younger audience that would watch the game or watch the second half of the game usually like the that's halftime that's show. That's why I feel like yeah. they could go with someone like Halsey but, uh, or Billy well, Eilish. They had Shane Brown as the halftime show on uh, the Thanksgiving game. He was also he's country but his oh. yes. But he's, he's also a newer artist so Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so those were my moments. Established rock band. I think their their demographics probably too old than what the NFL is going for. And they had been doing older acts for a while. It's been a while since they have, but they've done like. you know, like Tom Petty, Prince, Bruce Springsteen. But, it's been was, a while since after, they've gone that way. Or, I remember immediately after the um, Janet Jackson incident, the wardrobe malfunction, then they're like, okay, we're only going to book, yeah. book old rock yeah. artists. <laughs> so that doesn't happen. Young right. Or old like, rock I think the, the, last, the last half of yeah, I I liked last year, but that's just because well, Shakira and J Lo are hot. Like um, high energy. Other than that, but like I said, I don't think they, they yeah. had a budget for for J Lo this were, year with the no ticket sales. Right, right. Uh, but before that, like the last one that I'd really liked was probably like Justin Timberlake, yeah, and like Tom Petty. Before that was decent. Oh man, I really like most of them. Lady Gaga was okay, but I had a hard time enjoying yeah. that because at the time the papers no, were no, down do, pretty big. I, now that you mentioned, I I do remember she uh, J Lo. Well, and was it in Miami last year? Yeah. Okay, well that's I mean that sticks with the yes the Latin culture in Miami. So like that, I think they put a lot of thought into strategically. Uh, Booking acts that make sense. But what about your commercial? We we, we yeah. Went on um. The, all right. So the halftime show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Commercials and plays. Let me start with the plays. I'm gonna go with my oh, favorite plays of the game were both the touchdowns to Gronk. Great. The Brady the Gronk connection will never get old. 
and uh, Gronk with those uh, two catches uh, joined Jerry Rice as the only players in his Super Bowl history with multiple games I, with I two plus receiving touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. Um, anyway, uh, the and. The Bucks played such a huge, such a great game that was kind of tough to find a bad play for them. Uh, so I don't really have anything for that. Um, anyway, the commercials, the loser commercial for me for the day was that Oatly commercial. I thought that was terrible. Or <laughs> I was rudely interrupted by this thing cutting off. Uh, two hours. I guess it just doesn't want us to record more than two hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oatly. Uh, it just uh, the guy just saying, "Wow, wow, no cow." <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, very, uh, very poor messaging there. Yeah, not a not a great commercial. I had three favorite commercials though. The Jason Alexander face sweatshirt. I love that one. That one was just weird. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was hilarious. Uh, it was like, you need to wash your Jason Alexander face sweatshirt. <laughs> and then he's just laying in our car. He's like, you can't wear my face. Give me back my face. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you mentioned all right, the flat Matthew McConaughey was hilarious. Yes, that was. Like I said, that, that of the first half, that was my favorite commercial. Yeah, and then Will Ferrell, uh, that Will Ferrell commercial, I liked. That was mildly entertaining. I just, I just don't like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell can be hit and miss for me. I love Anchorman, so. And uh, me, but well, and what I was surprised about the commercial was how many celebrity cameos there were. Yeah, uh, but I guess since. The actors aren't really producing movies now or right. TV shows. They uh, they had more time to uh, tape commercials. Yeah. So, all right. So that's it for me. Uh, I did have one other note about the Super Bowl I just saw, though. Apparently, the game was more popular in Boston than it was in Tampa. All those Brady fans. Yeah. I found this article says 57.6% of all TVs in Boston were tuned into the game. In Tampa, that number was 52.3. So they they love Tom Brady in New England. Yeah. yeah. Even though he abandoned them, you <laughs> New England hasn't yeah, abandoned we him. Love, we still love him. I mean he won us six Super Bowls. We're not just gonna let him go like that. Oh, yeah. you're not you're not going to treat him like uh, Cleveland did when LeBron left the first time. No burning, no burning Brady jerseys in the no in the streets. No. All right, so that's it for uh, that's what I got for this week. Yes. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah, first uh, non-football week. Yes. All right. Have a good one. Bye, guys.